Good morning and welcome to the January 6th, 2021 episode of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain, and we are delighted and blessed that you have decided to listen in today as we continue our exciting study on the book of Revelation. We have gone all the way through chapter 14 so far. Uh, If you've missed any of the previous episodes, feel free to get on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Podbean, and any number of other podcasts that we're available on, and catch up. Uh, You'll be glad that you did. Uh, today we're going to be starting in chapter 15, I believe, if that's not, I think that's correct, right, Pastor? That's correct. I think we're going to do a real quick review of 14, but yes, we'll be in chapter 15 for the uh, most of the time. That sounds good. And, and uh, uh, chapter 15, well, basically through chapter, I think, 19 is is really uh, that 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 period of time is the the last half of the tribulation term that the Bible calls the Great Tribulation. Correct. That is correct. Matthew twenty four talks about it. Yep. Some of the uh, uh, some of the call it, call it, yeah we call it the Great Tribulation. Right. And that's it. Right. So, and that's because some of the world's worst catastrophes ever ever witnessed by humankind are going to occur. And uh, you're going to tell us why, I'm sure, um, exactly what they are and why they're occurring. So with that being said, Pastor, please get us started on our study of Revelation today. Yes, we'll be in Revelation chapter 15. Get your Bibles ready and open. And uh, we'll direct you to a few extra scriptures uh, in addition, but I will read uh, read passages from them. Uh, chapter 13, of course, is about the revelation of the beast or the Antichrist and the re- revelation of the false prophet. A- and it talks about the serpent giving them their power. And then um, in uh, Revelation 14, we see the, the 144,000 having their father's name written in their foreheads, sang, of, uh, sang from, uh, from heaven, and they sang a new song. And then, um, and then we see uh, there, in verse 8, there followed another angel Babylon, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen. And um, so we, uh, we ended up with uh, verse 20, and after all of these things that uh, are happening in the world, uh, it says here um, in verses 19 and 20 of chapter 14, it says, The angel thrust in his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And we're going to deal with God's wrath quite a bit. I don't like to do that, but it's in the Bible and I have to. It says, so they, uh, they, and it says they were cast into the great winepress of the wrath of God, and the winepress was trodden without the city or outside of Jerusalem, probably, 
and the blood came out of the wine press even into the horse's bridles. Mm, mm, mm. Now, I'm betting that's four feet maybe, five feet high. Yeah, maybe I think not quite that. I, I think that's almost five feet high, just a couple inches short. Okay. And then it says by the space of 1,600 furlongs. Now, a furlong is one-eighth of a mile approximately. And so this gigantic river, three, uh, three to five feet high, runs for approximately 200 miles. Wow. Think, think about that when you're thinking about the wrath of God. Okay, now let's, let's go to chapter 15. And John writes, and I saw another sign in heaven. Now, it's interesting. It's interesting that the word sign appears in the King James Version of the Bible 77 times. <laughs> How many? 77 times in the Bible we see the word sign. And why is it so important? And quite, and a lot of the times it's in the Old Testament. Um, and why is this uh, uh, this thing about a, a sign important because in first corinthians chapter 1 verse 22 uh, the apostle paul writes says for uh, writes uh, for the jews require a sign yep yeah now that's not me saying that that's the word of god and if you happen to be a jew listening uh, i'm just reading from God's word. Okay, so 77 times, there are 77 signs. Okay, let's continue. I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous. Seven angels having the seven last plagues. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Plagues. Yeah. And then it says, for in them is filled up the wrath of of God filled up the wrath of God in in our modern English uh, colloquial language we can say God's had it up to here yeah you know yeah yeah and and uh, and he has his anger has reached its zenith and why because from the beginning, man has sinned, and from the beginning, God has given a re... <laughs> I can't... It's hard for me to understand how men can do that, how men can be reborn and, and um, redeemed from their sin. And he's done it from the beginning of the world. As we speak, uh, the real... Bible uh, scholars say that the world is has probably uh, lasted between 6,000 and 7,000 years. Mm -hmm. Now, folks, that's several thousand years of God being ticked off because man will not come to a knowledge of salvation. They know it. They know it. Uh, but but God, it makes God angry, and and this these these next chapters 
uh, it talks about uh, the epitome of his anger. So get ready. I mean, uh, strap yourselves into the saddle for this ain't going to be nice, but we've got to do it because it is in the word of God. So he, he's going to give you this last place, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. Have you noticed that I've emphasized the wrath of God? Would you turn with me to Romans chapter 1, please? Romans, the first chapter. Give me time to turn to it. My wife already has it in her Bible marked. So I'm going to look at Romans chapter 1. And, and I, will, I will do this with very little commentary because I, uh, I really just love to let the scriptures speak. Um, it says this. Um, Paul, Paul writes in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first. That's important. To the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For therein, that is in the gospel, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Those are good words. Those are interesting and wonderful and, and words of grace. But then verse 18 says this in Romans chapter 1, For the wrath of God. Now, in chapter 15 of the book of Revelation, we see where the wrath of God is filled up. He's had it. So let's see why he's had it. Romans chapter 1 gives you the answer. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Remember John 17, Jesus in his high priestly prayer said, Thy word is truth. Yeah. Well, these people are holding the truth in unrighteousness because, let's go to verse 19, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God hath showed it unto them. How he, how do they know God's glory and God's grace and his greatness? Well, Psalm 19 gives you the answer. Heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament showeth forth his handiwork. Night unto night, other speech, and on and on. Every human being has a God spot in them. Oh, yeah. And it's a spot that needs to be filled by the Lord Jesus Christ, the living Word. Amen. Back to Romans. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath shown it unto them. Titus 2.11 says, The grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men. Well, let's go to verse 20 of Romans 1. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power and God is, so that they are without excuse. No one has an excuse to not be saved. Right. They don't. Okay. It says this in verse 21, because when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Mm -hmm. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. God didn't darken their heart. They did. They yeah. darkened their own heart. 
Yep. And then it says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Book of Colossians says, uh, beware lest any man deceive you through philosophy and vain deceit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world. So professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And they changed. Now that word changed appears three times in this passage. They changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image. Isn't it interesting that in chapter 14, we talked about that word image, the image of the beast, the image of the beast, the image of the beast. Do you suppose this is what God had in mind? prophetically, and they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man. Two birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. He said, if this is the way you want to live, have at it. But I'm not happy with it. And then it says to these uh, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie. Do you know what, Curtis, and folks who are listening, I'm going to say something, and I'm not being mean. I'm being sorrowful. Do you know that this is what's happening and what's what passes for churches today? Yeah, yeah, it's sad. It's sad. It is sad, changing the truth of God into a lie. They're allegorizing Scripture instead of literalizing it, which they should. And it's happening in pulpits all over. Okay, let's go back. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Amen, Amen doesn't end it. It says, for this cause... Because of this stuff, because of this, it says this, God gave them up. Folks, be careful. He gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And I'm not even going to comment and tell you what the name of that is, but you know it. And likewise, also, the men, leaving the natural use of woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves the recompense of their error, which was meat. You know, uh, this, kind of, this kind of practice leads to diseases that the other people don't get. Whether you like it or not, I'm telling you. Yeah. Okay. It means they, they, they received in themselves the recompense of their error, which was fitting or meat. Mm -hmm. even, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, see, it was already there because God showed it to them. Okay. Um, Verses 18 19 tells you that. It says, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. You wonder why there are wars and rumors of wars? You wonder why we're being filled with diseases in this day and age? Well, because man is 
born sinful. And then it talks about them being filled with all unrighteousness. For Now listen to this list, okay? Listen to this list. And, and they're all recognizable things. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, blasphemers, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. Take a breath. Mm. And then it ends with this verse says, who knowing the judgment of God, these people are not innocent. They're guilty. But they know what the what, what's going to happen? And yet they've changed the truth of God into a lie. Ah, God won't do that. God's a God of love. He's a God of anger also, folks. And that's what the book of Revelation says. And they say, and it says at the end of Romans 1, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death. For the wages of sin is death, by the way. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. When they do these things, they know that such things are worthy of death. But they not only do the same, says the Bible, but have pleasure in them that do them. They hang around with the folks who are proud boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, and so forth and so on. How, what kind of fellowship do you have today, folks? Look at what God's Word says. Well, let's go back to Revelation chapter 15. And we've taken some time uh, to talk about the wrath of God uh, in verse 1. And then John says in Revelation 15, 2, And I saw, as it were, a glass of a sea of glass mingled with fire, them that had gotten the victory over the beast. That's us. Yeah. And over his image, there's that image. And over his mark, that's 666, and, the num and over the number of his name. They stand on the sea of glass having the harps of God. I think it's these 144,000 that are mentioned in, in uh, chapter 14, mm -hmm. uh, verse 1. Uh, that's what I really think they are. And, they, and it says, and, it, and they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God. <laughs> what? What? The song of Mo. Did you know Moses had a song, Dad? I didn't even know he was a soloist. <laughs> <laughs> but and and by the way, I've taught this book of Revelation many, many times, and I have never uh, said made one comment about the song of Moses. I just uh, decided it's in there, and so um, they somebody knows the, uh, the song. I don't know. And then it, it dawned on me. Does the Old Testament say anything about Moses singing a song? What do you think, Kurt? Well, I, I know that it does, and I know where it does. But uh, why don't you tell us where that is first, and then 
If you could, explain the significance of that, Pastor. Okay. Uh, turn your Bibles to Exodus chapter 15, verse 1. And the reason I'm giggling about this a little bit is that, is that here I am, uh, just a couple of nights ago, you and I were talking about this, and <laughs> neither one of us had paid much attention to that verse no. in the book of Revelation. No, I must have passed over it at least a dozen times. And never gave it a thought. Never gave that one a thought. Uh, really? Okay. Okay. Now, now I'm going to give you a warning, and and the warning is this: that this song lasts for 18 verses. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but I'm not going to read them all. I'm going to give you some highlights, and and it it, it says in um, in chapter 15. Then, oh, oh, there's a word that talks about a time element. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll talk about that then in just a minute. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel. Oh, he had a choir. Okay. And then sang <laughs> Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spake saying, I will sing unto the Lord for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. Ah. Did you hear that? The Red Sea. And that 
that's why Moses sang this song. I will sing unto the Lord, for he had triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider hath he thrown into the sea. It's amazing. Pharaoh's chariots and his host hath he cast into the sea, and so forth. And then he ends this song. It says, The Lord shall reign forever and ever. We'll see the same words in the book of the Revelation. But that's what the song of Moses was about. Because God had saved the Jews out of captivity and from certain death and from drowning and everything else. And, and need I say it again, because I'm going to, these seven years, and especially these three and a half years, are a prophecy regarding the 70th week. Uh, of the book of Daniel in, in chapter 9, which is uh, which is uh, committed on to the uh, people of Israel okay, so because of their constant lack of so, gratefulness and thankfulness and grace. So when you refer to the seven years that you just referred to, you're talking about uh, the tribulation, uh, three and a half years, and then the great tribulation, the last three and a half. Oh, okay. because, because the first three and a half years are not quite as bad as the last three and a half years. Right, right, okay. Because during the last three and a half years, God's wrath is being filled up. I've had it, he says. Right, yep. And so, and so, they, they, so they were singing songs that uh, the, 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 the people had who would overcome uh, these, this, some of these nasties. And he said, and they sang the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. Well, what is the song of the Lamb? It's found in chapter 14 of Revelation. And they sung, as it were, a new song before the throne and before the beast and elders and so forth. So this is the singing. And, and they were saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee? Mm -hmm. That's a rhetorical question, isn't it? Yeah. Who, 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 can, who couldn't fear you, God? Right. Especially in light of all this stuff that's been happening, these seven seals, these seven trumpets. My goodness, who shall not fear thee? By the way, Hebrews 10, verse 31 says this, It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a, of a living God. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Who shall not fear thee? It seems impossible. I sit here in my sunroom in central Illinois with the snow outside in my yard and on the trees across the street from me. It's beautiful. But it's a world that's full of pain and sorrow mm -hmm. and sin mm -hmm. and deceit and unruly governments, oh. and, and, and uh, 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 yeah, like the like what's happening in in our country today, and that's right. as political as I'm gonna get, Curtis. Well, okay, so well let, let's pray for our president and our nation today, for sure. You better believe it. You better believe it. And it's who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name, for thou only art holy. Did you get that? There's only one holy being in the world, and that is God. 
son who could say without uh, fear of, of being uh, called a liar, he, he said, which of you convinceth me of sin? And nobody could. Yep. And it says, for all nations shall come and worship before thee. Wait a minute. Is that going to happen? Oh, yeah. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. I, I, I think it was um, one of the great songwriters. It might have been um, Bill Gaither. I don't know who. But they, were, they wrote a song that said, we, I read the end of the book and we win. That's right. <laughs> Isn't that great? That's right. Isn't that great? That's why we're in this book. We're going to come out. We are, who believers are going to be winners. Amen. Okay. For, for all the nations, verse 4, shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. In other words, take a look. Here's what's going to happen, folks. And after that, I looked, behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven. In heaven. Mm -hmm. So there's a temple and a tabernacle in heaven. That's right. And it was open. And seven angels came out of the temple, and here it is, having the seven plagues. That's right. Having the seven plagues, they're clothed in pure and white linen and having their breasts girded with the golden girdles. And one of the four beasts gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials. Mm -hmm. Now, vial is, a, is a, a, a receptacle that's used in the medical profession. Yeah. And in those vials are contained things like medicine. Mm-hmm. And in this day, these vials uh, in the United States recently and, and in the world have been filled with um, some of the things of the COVID plague. Anyway, um, and one of the four beasts gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials full of the wrath of God. And here we see it again in this chapter, full of the wrath of God. It's God saying, I've had it. And here it is, full of the wrath of God, who liveth forever and ever. Listen. And we'll get into the book of First and Second Peter, where we're talking about the world. The world's going to melt with a fervent heat, and there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Because this old earth won't last forever and ever. It's got to be remade altogether. And it will be. Mm -hmm. yes. And then it says, and, and by the way, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get into uh, Revelation 19, 20, and 21. And it says, and the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no man was able to enter into the temple. What a sad thing. Until, it says, till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. Right. So, Curtis, that's chapter 15. How much time we got left? Uh, we've got 29 minutes. Holy mackerel. I might finish early. Can you imagine that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's, let's at least begin with the vile judgments in chapter 16, shall we? And, and, and the, the descriptions of them are rather short. Okay, here we are. Chapter 16, verse 1, And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, 
go your ways and pour out your the vials of there it is again the wrath of God mm-hmm. upon the earth. That's right. The earth has become so nasty, so filthy, so dirty, so perverted that God said, "I'm I'm I'm, I'm not going to withhold anymore. Yep. It's it's time that I did something. Can't take it now, anymore." Can't take it anymore. Just that's right. And he knew in eternity past what he was going to do. You know, the, the book of Acts chapter fifteen puts it plainly. If we're worried about you know God's mind, understand this: it says, "For known unto God are all His works from the beginning of the world." Yep. God knew these things were going to happen. He let them happen because of His grace. Because of his glory, he gave every human being who would reach the age of, of, of accountability the ability to choose. Most of them chose incorrectly. And now he's angry. And he knew he was going to be. So here it is. Now, they're going to pour out their vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth. And there fell, fell a noisome and grievous sore upon men which had the mark of the beast. Wow. Oh, not upon the people that were God's people, huh? Uh-uh. That's correct. That's correct, because they believed. A, a grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast and upon them which worshipped his, and there's our favorite word again, worshipped his image. Yep. Which they could see all around the, earl, the world and which was probably projected electronically uh-huh. and, 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 and in effect chemically also. And, and he poured out that noisome and grievous sore. Now, I don't know what that is, do you? All I know is that when Job had a grievous sore, it was so bad, he had boils so bad that he had to scrape them yeah. with, with a broken pot. Yeah. Yeah. Think, think, how, of that. think, th- think about how bad that would have to be to scrape your own flesh off to get relief. Yeah. Wouldn't that be awful? Oh, yeah, I would but think yet. so. something? No. They're 
And third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of waters, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the water say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and wast and shall be, because thou hast judged thus. The righteous God is judging an absolutely, totally unjust world. And it says, Thou hast judged thus, for they have shed the blood of saints and prophets. You know what? If you're lost today, be careful how you're treating a saved person. Have you got that? For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. Yep. That's what you get to drink when you, uh, when you uh, do shed the blood of saints and prophets. And just a side note here, if you don't mind, Pastor. Uh, I don't mind. You know how, how these these kind of teachings, if they're ever done from pulpits anymore, which they really aren't, uh, tend to, they tend to allegorize everything. So nobody takes this, this uh, scripture literally that the water could become blood. But we read earlier that, that uh, the blood's going to run about five feet deep for 200 miles. You think that some of that's not going to leak out into the water system? <laughs> it sure is. Yeah, it, yeah. it sure is. Yeah. Look at things uh, logically. Yeah. And he says, and they said, uh, 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 and then verse 7 is, I heard another out of the altar say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun. What? And power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. Wow. Did you ever hear anybody say in the middle of July in the Midwest or Texas where you used to live, man, it's hotter than hell today? Oh, yeah. Well, guess what? They were wrong. Yeah. It says, and men were scorched with great heat. That's right. And blasphemed the name of God, which you would think this would be much to, uh, enough to make them repent, but no. And men were scorched with great heat and blasphemed the name of God. Mm -mm. Now, Curtis, I'm going to say something. Maybe you'll take me off the air. <laughs> but like if that. I've heard one, I've heard, this phrase I'm going to say, if I've heard it once, I've heard it hundreds of thousands of times. Somebody say, God damn it. And they blasphemed the name of God, which hath power over these plagues. And they repented not to give him glory. Yeah. That is so sad, I'm almost ready to cry. Because I know people who, if the rapture were to occur today, will be part of these tribulation people. Uh -huh. And I don't want that to be. Okay, and the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seed of the beast, and his kingdom was full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues for pain. Okay, now we're not going to finish this chapter, are we? Uh, doubt it. Not in the time we have left. Okay, how much? Well, we've got about 20 minutes left, Pastor. Okay. Um, okay, 
Um, we'll get as far as we can, and, and you and I both have to remember where we finished. Put a little Good. mark on our Bible. No problem. Okay, so they're, they're, they poured out uh, darkness, and they gnawed their tongues for pain. Now, I don't know about how darkness could cause pain, but it did. And they blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains of their source, and repented not of their deeds. What is it going to take? Mm -hmm. I, I have to say that in today's parlance. Except one thing. I'm, I'm, I'm sorrowed that the churches of Jesus Christ in this nation that I know of are falling farther and farther away from the truth of God. And while we don't like to say these things, we're told in chapter 22 of this book of the Revelation that we're supposed to make these things known in the churches. And it's not being done, and that's why we're doing it this way. Oh, yeah. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up. And the way of kings of the east might be prepared. And so there's going to come an army from the east. And and their great river Euphrates would have been a hindrance to these hordes of people that were going to come up. And the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. Uh, they're going to dry up their river so that these armies can come in and clean house. That's right. Verse 13, and I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophets, for they, the, they are the spirits of devils. See how many terrible, unholy threes there are? Mm -hmm. Three unclean spirits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. By the way, that's, that's sort of a picture of the unholy trinity, the serpent, the beast out of the sea, and the beast out of the earth. That's right. That's that's the devil, the antichrist, and the false prophet. It says, for they are the spirits of devils, working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to battle of that great day of God Almighty. And you know what that's talking about? In the next uh, couple of verses, we're going to tell you, and then we'll do a, a, a lesson on it next time. And he says this, that they, to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. Behold, I come as a thief, says the Lord. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. Yeah, man. You... So many people yeah. have heard of the battle of Armageddon, and they don't really understand what it's all about, just that it's going to be one terrific, bloody battle. It's the Valley of Megiddo. It certainly is. And, and, it, and, and it just happens to be about 200 miles long. Oh, my goodness. Now, you know, just a, a, a note of, of human history here, uh, there was a very famous European general who saw it and described it as the most ideal battlefield in the world. That was Napoleon Bonaparte. That's right, he did. Yes, he did. Napoleon Bonaparte said it, would be, it looked like the, most, the best battlefield in the world. Yep. Wow. And it was the veil, the, the, the veil of Megiddo, the Armageddon. That's right. You betcha. 
Yeah. And uh, that's where it's going to happen. Okay, let's finish just the verses here, uh, and then we'll close with a word of prayer. Uh, and uh, we'll see what you think about, uh, as a listener, what you think about these things. And there were voices, verse 18. Wait a minute. The seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple uh, of heaven from the throne saying, It's done. It is done. It is. Oh, boy. Anyway, uh, more about that next time. And the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of nations fell. And great Babylon came into remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Hey, why not Egypt? Well, anyway, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that maybe the uh, next time. Yeah. And, and every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent. And men blasphemed God because of the plague of hail, for the plague, the plague thereof was exceeding great. Now, if all of these other plagues didn't do the job... Imagine a large stone of ice falling from heaven, gathering great speed, a freely falling object accelerates the rate of, you know, certain amount of feet per second, 16 feet per second. Now, can you imagine falling from heaven, a stone of hail that weighed how much? Well, I, uh, according to uh, the biblical measurement, which was a talent in the book yep. of Revelation, it's a, anywhere from between 97 and 110 pounds. Okay, so let's use the, the, the median there. A stone of 100 pounds. Yep. Do you suppose my Rev 4 would, would survive? A stone hitting it? Yes, it would, yeah. as, a, as a grease spot. As a grease spot, <laughs> at the very best. That's right. So, And by the way, uh, if you're going to be in this great tribulation, I want you to know something. Um, a stone at that side, uh, there's no building that you can go into that won't be damaged, maybe totally. Because there won't be just one stone. No, no. It's going to be a hailstorm. And it's going to fall everywhere on earth. That's exactly right. No safe quarter. Not one place. There fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone, about the weight of 100 pounds. And men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, for the plague thereof was exceeding great. Now, I'm going to stop there, Curtis. We still got a little time left. But why are we doing this? We're doing this because it's not being done the way it should have been. Now, I go to a good, fundamental, independent, Bible-preaching church, Baptist yes. church. Yes. It, it, we have a wonderful pastor who will tell you these very same things, and he'll be unafraid to do so. And that's why we go there. That's why my wife and I are a member. That's why you visited there with me and said you discerned the same thing. Absolutely. 
not a big church because people don't like to hear the truth. They have pleasure in people who change the truth into a lie. Remember at the end of Romans chapter 1, it says that very same thing. So we're doing that so that there are people who we can find by way of, of this podcast who will listen to these things and maybe get the word out to others because um, Paul wrote to Timothy and said, The things that thou hast learned, the same commit to faithful men who shall be able to teach others. Maybe you who are listening will hear these things and say, Have you read this? This mm-hmm. is going to happen. Yeah. 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 And teach it. And they'll say, Oh. Mm-hmm. Then they'll, they'll blaspheme God. Yep. Now, there may be some of you here who have never responded positively to the gospel of Jesus Christ, who never received him by grace through faith. Now is the accepted time, the Bible says. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you can receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Oh, he'll take away all your sins. You'll still be in a body of flesh, but he'll take care of that at a later day. Yep. And if you don't, he'll take care of your flesh in a different way at a later date. Yep. You might go through great tribulation on earth and then spend eternity in the bottomless pit, the lake of fire, hell. You don't have to. God created man with a choice. Adam and Eve had the choice. You have the choice. Sure. You can receive Jesus Christ and ensure yourself of heaven, or you can reject Jesus Christ and ensure your presence in hell. It's up to you. God, I pray that you will convict the lost. Help them to believe, lead them to believe in Jesus Christ. And for those of us who are saved, we're not living for God. We pray that we will get on the horse and ride it. Get right. Serve the Lord. Sing the song of the Lord. Okay. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. Pastor, um, you have just detailed over the last... Oh, 50 minutes, um, what the book of Revelation describes is going to happen in the last three and a half years of Earth's existence as we know it. And make no mistake, ladies and gentlemen, um, this is not allegorical. This is going to be happening Literally. Now, if your imagination is in good working order, and with the language that's in Revelation, it should be, think about how catastrophic your existence would be on this earth during this time. This is going to be a time of catastrophe, cataclysm, conflagration, so great that the world has never seen it before. This is going to be the full, unbridled wrath of God. 
unleashed upon an unbelieving world. And our prayer is that you're not here to take part in it. As Pastor said, you have a choice. You have a choice. God is still giving you a chance. And we pray that you'll take and make that right decision with the free will that he has blessed you with. Don't be here for this, folks. Don't be here for this. You don't have to be. And we pray that you won't be. It's going to be a time of terrible judgment. We take it seriously because God means what he says. He's going to do. He's always done what he promised he will do, and he always will keep his promise. And make no mistake, these prophecies are promises. It's going to happen. Amen. Now, with that being said, Pastor, we've got a couple more chapters to go in in Revelation 17, 18, 19 that are coming up pretty soon. That, oh, I can't wait for 19. That, oh, yeah. And they detail some, some, some horrible, catastrophic things also. Uh, yeah. And some things that may directly relate to, to us here in the United States. Uh, possibly, quite possibly. And yeah. I, I'm sure we might discuss that a little bit. Uh, in, in some upcoming episodes. So, uh, folks, don't miss the next couple series. The next couple of episodes are going to be critical for you to, to understand. And uh, we pray that you will decide to join us and, and that you will continue with us as we, as we march toward the end of Revelation. Um, some critical information that you need to hear. Yep. Um, so with that, uh, unless you have anything uh, else, Pastor, I'm going to sign off. Uh, do you have any, any closing words? Just praise the Lord. I'm uh, glad I'm saved. Amen to that. Me and too. I'm glad my wife is saved, <sighs> and I'm glad my son is saved. And I wish that there were others. Yes. Well, that's... Okay. As we've discussed, that's the main reason we're we're doing what we're doing with this podcast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So, listen, folks. We thank you for joining us today. Uh, even though uh, the news and the information, you know, might be construed as negative and and ominous, which it is, it's still the truth because it's in God's word. That's uh, right. And we we have a responsibility and a commandment to, to tell you about it, even though it's not pleasant to talk about. And we will, we will continue to do so. We pray that you'll be with us uh, as we finish this up. Join us again uh, this coming Saturday as we, uh, as we begin Chapter 17 of the book of Revelation. If you'd like to read ahead and, uh, and uh, get an idea of what we will be discussing and and learning, feel free to do so, uh, but be sure and tune in. Until then, this is 
the Christian Underground News Network signing off with you until Saturday. Until then, God bless you and keep you safe, and we look forward to being with you again Saturday. Pastor, thank the pastor, thank yes, you, sir. and uh, You're we're signing off for now. Bye bye.